0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 4, verses 1-11, through called Kingdoms in Conflict, Overcoming Temptation.
1: So there is Jesus out into the wilderness. The enemy meets him there. And after he had fasted 40 days, Matthew 4, 2, and 40 nights, he then became hungry. Well, I would say, (laughs) I don't know how many of you have ever taken up a fast, but a fast can certainly bring out all the ugliness in us, right? We can have great intentions. Maybe you've made a declaration. You know what? I'm going to fast. Fast. Maybe you made a declaration at the turn of the calendar, that New Year's resolution thing. All right, it's over. I'm fasting sweets for the next 30 days. And then someone has a birthday and there's <laughs> chocolate cake. you like, everything sanctified by the word of God and prayer, right? Don't make declarations. <laughs> Just get yourself in trouble, right? And so Jesus is there And he's been fasting. Uh, You know, I think of people talk about fast today and and maybe fasting from social media. Social media is so addicting, isn't it? Have you ever tried to just put your phone away for an afternoon? Some of you need it right by your side. (laughs) You're the only one that really understands me. (laughs) Oh, we're in trouble, people. And so he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. You know, the, that uh, number 40 is significant. It's a number for testing and preparation in the Bible. Moses was up on the mountain and he fasted as he was receiving the law for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is a number that's interesting all throughout our Bibles. And God is doing this stretching work and he does it in our lives and Jesus is modeling it for us. How did the children of Israel do while Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights? Not so good. In fact, during that time, they made a golden calf. And they began to worship it. And they said, as to this Moses, we don't know what's happened to him. Clock is ticking here. And they made a golden calf and they proclaimed, this is your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. This first temptation, and I want to try to simplify it for all of us taking notes, is about this. It's about taking things into your own hands instead of trusting God. It's about not making golden calves because God hasn't worked in your timeline or even in your way so Jesus has been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He becomes hungry. Physiologists tell us that when you begin a fast of this length, what happens is you lose your hunger after about five to seven days. You won't be hungry anymore. You become hungry again at about day 40 when you're about to die. If you don't get food, you will die. That's when the enemy came with these temptations. When Jesus was on the verge of death. So you can see how how significant this is and how the enemy will often come to us at moments of desperation, moments when, you know, maybe in our humanity, and Jesus was certainly fully human, when we don't get what's going on. Jesus told us to keep watching and praying because the enemy is on the prowl. He goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And certainly Satan wanted to devour this one who would ultimately destroy him. This was mano a mano. This is spiritual battle. And there is Jesus hungering. And the enemy comes. And here's what the tempter did. The tempter came, verse 3, and he said to him, If you're the Son of God, questioning that divine proclamation at his baptism, command these stones become bread. If you see pictures of the Judean wilderness, there's limestone rocks everywhere. and They strangely look like round loaves of bread. (laughs) Jesus was in this kind of environment. And the enemy basically said this to him. And we know this is going to happen later. Later on, he's going to feed 5,000. He can make food. He's going to feed 5,000 plus women and children, 4,000 plus women and children, twice in his ministry, from five loaves and two fish. He makes all this food. He has the power to make food. How many days into your wilderness wandering would you be making a bean, rice, and cheese burrito in the name of Jesus, (laughs) right? Having the power complicates it even more. Because now, I don't want to use my power. I want to trust my Father. But I've got it at my hands. The crowd in Jerusalem said to Jesus, if you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. Matthew 27, 40, and we'll believe in you. If you were up on the cross and you had people mocking you and spitting at you and reviling at you and you had the power to come down from that cross or the power of x-ray vision, poof, I'd be knocking off people left and right. I'd fry the landscape. Oh, yeah? Let me tell you something. Let, you know, in our humanity, think about the control that Jesus had. And think about this. Think about the weight that he carried his whole earthly life. Some people say, oh, was Jesus really tempted? Because after all, he couldn't sin, right? He was God and man, and, and he wasn't going to fall to the te- temptations. Were they real temptations? Yes, they were real. Here's an illustration that another writer gave. He said, imagine a weight, uh, an Olympic weightlifter, and he goes up to the bar, and he's got a ton of weight. Let's say he's trying to set a world record, and he, and he picks the weight up, and he gets it almost where he can turn it over and he drops it. Maybe his back tweaks or something. And he felt the weight, but he failed. Now imagine another weightlifter comes up and he takes the bar and he gets it over and, and he pushes it up. Which of the two felt the weight more? The one who succeeded. Jesus felt the real weight of temptation, yet without sin. And there are two passages I want to show you. These are worth turning to. They're both in the book of Hebrews. We're teaching Hebrews on Wednesday nights. I would encourage you to come out. Come on out if you don't have anything else going on. Uh, Hebrews 2 and 4 is what I want to show you. Both amazing promises about our sympathetic high priest. Here's what Hebrews 2.16 says. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels. Hebrews 2.16. But he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. Which we all are if we're believers. Therefore, Jesus had to be made like his brethren, Hebrews 2:17, in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make propitiation, you can think of satisfaction, payment for the sins of the people. For since he, he himself was tempted in that which he suffered, he is able, what your Bible say? to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Skip over to Hebrews 4, look at verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, in light of this truth, Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The original language there has this idea of God stabilizing grace in our storms. Back to Matthew 4. You may be asking, well, how does God help us in our storms? What kind of help does he give? He gives spiritual strength, grace, if you will, But he gives us something else. He gives us his word. And we can stand on his promises. In fact, right before that section of Hebrews 4 that we just read, it says the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is, it produces in our lives. So he gives us stabilizing grace, the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the word of God. Jesus will use both here. And the tempter comes to him. Command these stones turn into bread. You have the power. You have the right. If you're the son of God, well, then he should take care of you, right? How could the father let you go hungry? How could you be going through this right now? But Jesus answered, verse four, it is written, single Greek word, ge, it's the idea of the present power and validity of God's word. It is written. It will stand written forever. Man shall not live On bread alone. Quoting from Deuteronomy 8.3. All three quotes. From either Deuteronomy 6. Or Deuteronomy 8 here. Man shall not live on bread alone. God knows you need bread. But it's not uh, for you to live on it alone. But on every word that proceeds. Out of the mouth of God. Don't take things into your own hands. Don't put the physical before the spiritual. Yes God knows you need bread. But he knows what you need more than physical food. And that is to work in your spirit, to work in your soul. Don't take things into your own hands. Many years ago, my wife and I moved to the city of Corona. It was the mid-90s. We owned a little condo in Anaheim. And we uh, saw this house in Corona, and we fell in love with the house. And so we decided we would rent this condo, and we had moved to Corona. We've been in that house for 27 years now. And it's been awesome for us. And so we had multiple renters go through. And this condo, we bought it when the market was a little higher. And so it was difficult to get the right renter. We had probably one good renter of about, I don't know, five or so. And so people, you know, they would pay us half of it or they wouldn't pay on time. And we finally got this guy in making all these promises about his income and his business. And he turned out to be an utter nightmare. Have you ever seen the movie Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton? It was kind of bordering on that. And time went by. He owed us about $20,000 in back rent. And finally, we sold the condo. It transferred ownership. He had promised to get out by a certain date. And when it transferred to the new owner, he didn't leave.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk In Truth
1: being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: We finally got this guy in making all these promises about his income and his business, and He turned out to be an utter nightmare. Have you ever seen the movie Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton? It was kind of bordering on that. And time went by. He owed us about $20,000 in back rent. And finally, we sold the condo. It transferred ownership. He had promised to get out by a certain date. And when it transferred to the new owner, he didn't leave. And the real estate broker was questioning my integrity and even said to me on the phone, you know, I listen to Pastor Chuck Smith and Pastor Chuck Smith would never pull something like this. And I was like, <laughs> and I started squeezing my steering wheel while driving, picturing the face of this particular renter. And I went to a group of racquetball buddies, uh, this obviously in the mid-90s and I was a pastor, I was working full-time but also pastoring the church. And I told them the story one afternoon and they said, well, Michael, just say the word and we'll take care of it. <laughs> and for a brief moment, I thought, you know, if a couple of guys in dark suits appear at the condo, this could be good. Could be very bad for a pastoral career, but you know. I was very tempted to take things into my own hands just for a moment, a brief moment. Don't get worried. And I said, oh, no, no I, I can't do that. Now, now think about, this is what I want you to hear. So as time went by, we, we finally he left, the marshals came and they got him out and the, the new owner took over. We found out, my wife and I found out that his wife, the renter's wife, didn't know what was going on. She divorced him and over about the next, I don't know what it was, hun, five years, she repaid us. Every cent of that 20 grand. And when we were thin on money. And things were a little tight for us. Inevitably a check would show up from this lady. She paid off the entire debt of her husband. While battling cancer. And when we were getting near the end. I said to her. Look we, we just want to forgive you the debt. You've gone above and beyond she refused and paid us every single cent. If I would have taken things into my own hands, not, would I, not only would I not have seen that grace, but I probably would not be standing before you right now. <laughs> you would have seen newspaper articles about, you know, pastor in Corona hires three men in dark suits. <laughs> Jesus had the power but he knew what God was doing in his life and it was to, if you will, stretch him because he was human, perhaps a consideration to prepare him for what was ahead because God knows what's ahead of us and we don't. Now Jesus knew what he was going to face, but I think you get the, the point on a human plane. Better to have an empty belly than an empty soul don't get ahead of God. It never pays off. It can seem, you know, that in the moment it's the expedient thing to do. I had a friend tell me one time that some people will will give up their whole lives for five minutes of pleasure. They'll ruin everything. It doesn't mean that you can't come back from a fall, but I think you get the point. Jesus is basically saying, and he will say this later in the Gospel of John, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And Jesus uses the sword. Ephesians 6, 16 and 17 talk about pieces of our armor and spiritual battle. And we have a shield of faith which, which with which we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the wicked one. We also have a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the word for word there in Ephesians 6.17 is not Lagos, it's Rhema. It's a specific word for a specific moment to counter a specific temptation. Every time you get tempted, if you quote John 3.16, that may be wonderful, but it may not apply. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. <laughs> Maybe, if that's the only verse you know, then quote it. But let's say that you feel anxious. What should you do? Well, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And then it says to begin to think about what is pure, what is good, what is lovely. How good are you and I at using the word in our moments of temptation? It's one thing to know the word of God. It's another thing to use it. Let's say you feel fearful. Well, there's so many scriptures that talk about fear or not. There's a scripture that says the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The master swordsman, our king, is showing us how to battle the prince of this world. If he needed to do it, how much more do I need to do it? And I know none of us have arrived in this, but certainly this is a key. That we stand on promises and quote the word of God, whether in our soul or out loud or both. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've got to use the Word of God. And we've got to know the Word of God. And I look at our landscape in the West and I look at churches that have exploded in growth and many of them have followed a model where the pastor will put a single verse on the screen, give scant attention to it, hopefully it's in context, and give you a 20-minute sermonette and send you on your way. That's not what you need, brethren. Brethren, We need to know the Word of God. We need to know context. We need to memorize Scripture. We need to wipe the dust off our Bibles and get into the Word of God. The best defense is a good offense. Amen? So if your Bible's been put aside, is it any wonder that you're getting pummeled by the enemy? And So the devil next took Jesus into the holy city. This is verse 5, Matthew 4. That would be Jerusalem. Had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. Now Jesus has been out in the wilderness and there's a little debate among scholars. Did he literally go to the holy city or is this a visionary experience? Was he transported in the spirit, if you will? In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel ends up in Jerusalem in the spirit, though he's physically in Babylon. I I think it's a minor point, whether or not he was literally on the temple, literally on a high mountain, What high mountain could show you all the kingdoms of the world? That's where the debate lies, right? So whatever the case may be, he has him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you're the son of God attacking his identity again, throw yourself down. Two can play at this game. For it is written, says Satan. Did you know that Satan knows scripture? He quotes Psalm 91 here. He says, for it is written... He will give his changes his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways, his part that he didn't quote. And on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Oh, you live by the Bible? Oh, cool. Here's a Bible verse.
0: You've been listening to Kingdoms in Conflict, Overcoming Temptation, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew, chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about walk in truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
1: Well, maybe as you hear about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and you watch the master swordsman, Jesus, you might say, well, uh, I've read the Bible a couple times over. If you have, you're probably in a pretty unique category, by the way. And uh, I listened to this broadcast and other stuff. So why do I need to read my Bible every day? We got to think about the Bible as your spiritual food or your manna for today. The manna was only good for today. The memory of a meal yesterday isn't going to fill your tummy today. And the memory of a, a Bible study yesterday, although it can be beneficial, you need manna fresh for today. And so I would just say to you, that's why you stay in your Bible. And... Oftentimes, when you read the same passage, if you've read the same passage many times, you'll get another deeper uh, understanding or perhaps another way that you might apply that Scripture. That's what the Word of God does. You know, I've been teaching the Bible for over 30 years. I'm amazed at all the new stuff God shows me, the depth of insights that come up, and how I can apply it to my everyday life and even my battles with temptation. And you can do the same. So stay in your Bible— Keep your your sword sharp, as it were, so that you can fight effectively against the schemes of the enemy, because he is a schemer. And just when you think you've arrived, that's when you're at your weakest. So make sure you stay in the Word of God. Stay filled up, edified on that Word of grace. It, it's able to build you up and keep you where you need to be. You're listening to Walk in Truth. Hey, if you're new to us, I'm Pastor Michael Lance. And we've been walking through the incredible gospel of Matthew. I pray you've been blessed by it. If you want to find out more about the ministry of Walk in Truth, go to our website, walkintruth.com, and you can find out all you need to know. Also, we have a brand new app. It's the Walk in Truth app. It's available for free on your app store. Just search Walk in Truth, and you'll see the pillar. You can download it on your phone, and you'll be able to access the daily broadcast, you'll be able to keep up with sermons in the local fellowship where I serve as senior pastor called Living Truth. You'll be able to get access our extra content like our 633 Apologetics events and our Step Closer devotionals where we go a step closer on specific topics or books of the Bible. All available on the Walk in Truth app. Download it today and keep up to date On all that's going on with Walk in Truth. Hey, I just want to say on behalf of our entire team here at Walk in Truth, we love you. Thank you for your support to our partners, for your prayers, and I pray you have a blessed weekend. You know, we're in a crazy world right now and there's a lot going on, and I pray that we'll stay strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Amen.
0: We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 4, 1-11, through 11, called Kingdoms in Conflict, Overcoming Temptation. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.